0: Try Jesus, not me
1: Cause I throw hands Try Jesus, please don't try
0: me Because I fight I know what he said about getting slapped But if you touch me or mine, we're going to have to scrap. So, try Jesus. Please
1: don't try me.
0: Because I'm fine.
1: All right, uh, welcome back. We're here with Montgomery, a.k.a. Michelle. Hey. Did you like that song?
2: Yeah, I did. um, Who was that?
1: Uh, It's Toby... N-W-I-G-W-E.
2: Oh, God. What is it, Toby? What?
1: Uh, N-W-I-G-W-E.
2: I I see. Okay. Is he saying Try Jesus? Yeah.
1: Try Jesus is the name of the song.
2: Okay. And he's going to slap somebody? I liked it. Well, you know,
1: like, if somebody hits you, you have to... I don't know. I don't believe in that whole thing, like, you don't just turn another cheek. Like, that's...
2: Oh, no. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, like, if somebody's actually going to assault you, like, why are you going to be the bigger person than that? Like, if somebody insults you, maybe you just walk away. But if they're physically attacking you, I think you should have the right to fuck them up.
2: I concur, but that's also Memphis mentality. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> so, uh, what's been new with you since I've been
2: gone? Um... I had to self-quarantine last week. Um, I had a COVID exposure. Oh, really? Yeah, with a friend. Um Well, come to find out after it was all said and done, he didn't get exposed to his COVID until the next day. But on Thanksgiving, uh, I was around this person. And then on Monday, uh, he started getting COVID symptoms. I mean, he had... Fever, headache, chest pain, dizziness—you know, fatigue. Yeah, almost every symptom. He was not feeling great, and so I found that out on Monday night, and then I immediately went into quarantine for the rest of the week. And um, I got two COVID tests on—I got one on Tuesday and Friday—and it was negative. But that's kind of how I spent my week: was at home working, um, which was not fun. Uh, I live in a, you know, relatively small studio, so my walls were closing in on me. Yeah. Um, And then I'm also spoiled at work with having multiple monitors and working off of a laptop. I was not super productive. It's fucking first world problems right there. But uh, I spent most of my time indoors and uh, made some soaps.
1: You made soap?
2: Yeah. How do you make soap? Making soaps for Christmas gifts. Spoiler alert.
1: So, how do you do that?
2: Um, so, how I'm doing it, I just bought there's this company in Washington called Brambleberry. Mm-hmm. Ladies, check them out Bramble, B R A M B L E B E R R Y, Brambleberry.com. Um, and they sell stuff to make um, soaps, candles, bath bombs, you name it. So, I bought a bunch of, um, different soap bases so you can get soap bases of aloe, oatmeal, um glycerin, honey. Uh, I got a bunch of like dried flowers mm-hmm. that I ground up to like sprinkle into the soaps. I got a bunch of different fragrances. Um so some of you people are going to be lucky enough to have some soaps.
1: Are you going to be are you turned into Tyler Durden? And we're just just trying to pretend it's Christmas gifts.
2: Who's that?
1: Tyler Durden, um, Tyler. fight club. Oh, you know, he made soap that? and that's how they, it basically get bomb.
2: Uh, no, this is for real. soap. <laughs> they clean the body and I, I've got them in like little, um, I've got some of them in little loofah bags. So you don't even have to take it out of the bag. It's just like a natural, you know, loofah. And then some of them are in like muslin cloth and you can keep them in there too. Um, so the soap you, is inside gonna, loofah? Yeah, so it's it's a bag, like a pouch, like uh-huh. a loofah pouch. And I put the soap. I'll go grab it so you can see it. All right. Um and this is this is gonna be my new job. No, I'm kidding.
1: Uh you could be on Etsy and make a month some money.
2: You never no, know. Maybe, but side I've hustle. Made, I've made so many goddamn soaps my apartment smells really nice right now um so can you see this little like loofah bag yeah so i've got the soap inside of it mm-hmm. see how pretty it is yeah um so you don't even have to take this you don't even have to take the soap out of the bag you just oh, okay. bathe with it and it's a exfoliant that's cool and then, yeah and then the this is just like muslin cloth, so it's kind of like cheesecloth, mm-hmm. and so you can keep this open this too to bathe, so that way the dried up flower doesn't, mm-hmm. um, the dried like, flower petals doesn't get all in your shower.
1: Oh, okay. How did you find out about this company?
2: Um, I um, the gal that does my eyebrows told me about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Shannon at the Good Face. What's that? That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, so I've got, like, all different kinds of scents. Like, this one is, like, a Pacific Northwest evergreen scent. It smells really nice. Um, I'm going to send you and roll some, so. Okay. Yeah. Much but, appreciated. But yeah. Wash, you know, drag a rag, wash your body.
1: Well, there's a story I have about soap. So, one time, Raul and I, we were going to Columbus for a fight. We were going up there with Nick and some other people. And we're driving down the road. And he just blurts out randomly. He's like, don't use my soap. And I'm like, why the fuck would I use your soap, man? <laughs> and he's like, never mind. I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, no, we're going to discuss this. Like, that's some weird shit to just randomly fucking say. And I was like, why the fuck would I use your soap? You know, I have a loofah. I have, you know, body wash and all this sort of shit. Then the hotel generally has soap, too, you know. And he, yeah. basically he he does it like you know those Irish Spring commercials where people just use the soap without the washcloth. That's yeah. what he fucking does, man. And then he told me it's a foreign thing. I don't know. I think in this day and age, like mm. you should use something else besides your hand or the the soap. I don't know. I don't know how clean you can get. I'm I I don't know. Do you use a loofah or do you use a I wash do.
2: rag? I do. I use I usually use a loofah, but since I've been making these soaps, I'm now I'm using the soap in the But at least
1: it has bottle. like a some type of something besides the bar of soap.
2: Yeah, I don't like to use just a bar of soap because I feel like it, it leaves the residue on the skin.
1: And then yeah. like what are you doing to clean your ass? Like are you putting the bar of soap <laughs> up your ass? I mean that's that's where I'm going to. Like and you know there's gotta be pubes and all kind of shit on the soap. So I mean, but we know who we're talking about, too, so that explains a lot.
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, if you're using a loofah, the loofah's going in your ass.
1: Yeah, I know, but I'm saying at least you're not sharing that bar of soap with everybody in, or that loofah with sure. everybody in your household.
2: Right. You know? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, like if you have a guest over, you usually supply them with like, you know, washcloth, Yeah. right? And yeah. that's a, he, it's a here, don't wash your own body with my bar soap.
1: <laughs> I have a friend of mine. She told me this guy came to visit her, like where she lives out in California. And she said the guy used her loofah oh, to no. wash himself. No. <laughs> and they weren't even hooking up, supposedly.
2: I don't think you should share loofah with anybody. I think share a <laughs> toothbrush. Well,
1: I, I think that, you know what's so funny about the toothbrush thing? And the, I guess the loofah also is like. We put people's genitals and buttholes in our mouths, but you yeah. won't put a toothbrush yeah. in your mouth.
2: Did you get, did you get the video I sent you? Roderick sent me this video of these guys on, and I don't know. I don't even, I didn't even see what, Um, who the people were on Instagram, but it was a video. And this guy's like, my friend said this really profound thing. It's like, y'all Y'all will eat a stranger's ass, but you won't get the vaccine. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's so true, man. It like true. it, you know, it's so funny, like how people are. I saw something too on along, along those lines about um people do all these drugs, yeah. and then they're like, "No, I'm not taking the vaccine." It's right. like you know, you yeah. you're doing cocaine. Come yeah. on now, get over yourself.
2: Right. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I am undecided if I'll end up getting the vaccine. I will say that like, I would like a few other people to get it first just to.
1: Well, I saw some like 90-year-old lady got it today, right? Or yesterday?
2: In America?
0: Mm-mm. In, in the UK? Yeah.
2: Right, I was going to say, well, I was going to say in the, not in London, but we have an employee that um, lives in London and. Um, in our meeting last Thursday, he said that like they were about to start giving them out. Um, they're like one of the first countries to start um, distributing the vaccine.
1: So I saw this. I saw this other meme. It was like, yeah, I don't know about trusting people from um the UK taking it because we won't be able to tell those side effects, you know, because they're basically saying like how I fucked up their teeth and oh
2: god,
1: this <laughs> shit, are.
2: Leave it to America to say some shit like that.
1: But, I mean, it is true. A lot of people in foreign countries, or not, yeah, well, I, they are a foreign country, um, have bad dental plans, man. Like, But I saw something today, it was a clip, and they well, said a lot of the, the problems with people's teeth is diet. Oh, diet yeah. well, and, and, um. what else did the guy say? It was like diet and something else. I can't remember what the other thing was. But he said, like most animals in the wild don't have fucked up teeth. You know, they're generally straight. And if you go back and look at skulls from back in the day, most of the teeth are pretty straight.
2: Well, you're not getting, you know, excess sugar. They're not, well, animals aren't getting excess sugar, preservatives, chemicals. I mean, think about how some of this stuff, how some of our food is made and how it's processed. Yeah. You know, and it's going directly onto exposed bone. And then, you know, you add on top of it we drink coffee and even tea stains your teeth and mm-hmm. you know can ruin the enamel and
1: Yeah, I definitely notice like when I travel like out of the country, um you don't feel as heavy and you don't feel as like disgusting when you go out to eat. Like their food generally in like other countries is not nearly as bad as it is here.
2: Well, also, their portion sizes are normal and not, you know, super-sized. Yeah. Because even if you go to a nice restaurant, in most cases, you're going to get over a single portion mm-hmm. of, you know, a single serving for one human being. But yeah, we're gluttonous. We like to eat.
1: So were you, um, when you thought you had the, the virus, were you super nervous?
2: No, I didn't think I had it um or I didn't just because any, you, i didn't I didn't have any symptoms. I was just being extra precaution. I was just doing my due diligence as um a human being, and to, your friend
1: did so what was their... they just had like a viral infection or something they don't know
2: n- no I mean he had covid he he got tested and, and oh okay ended up coming back positive okay yeah, but he didn't he didn't know that he had it until he didn't get his test results back until thursday um but i went i had my nursing director at my at my clinic get me a rapid test on tuesday so i got the result back right away and obviously there's you know rapid tests can sometimes have false positives so um our medical director didn't want me coming back to work until we got my my friend got his results back which on thursday he was negative Mm. or positive And so then on Friday, I went and got another rapid test and I was negative. And then by that point, I had hit my I had technically hit my seven day quarantine because I didn't see I wasn't around any other people um, after Thanksgiving, except for when I was at work on Monday. But I was like in my office all day. I didn't really come in close contact with anybody. Um,
1: So it's seven day window now.
2: Well, the CDC has changed their guidance, whereas, so I think it, it is if after, if you're exposed to a COVID positive person and you don't have any symptoms, um, then it's a, a seven to 10 day quarantine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So technically I quarantined for a total of 10 days. Um, yeah. Hmm. But, I mean, I don't see a lot of people anyways, except for, like, my handful of friends. Yeah. But it just being, like, stuck in the working here, staying here, you know, I didn't have any kind of, like, outlet.
1: Did your uh, classes shut down again?
2: Oh, yeah. Our studios were closed. Everything. I'm doing all my workouts from home. Really? Yeah, it sucks.
1: So what about, like, restaurants and stuff like that?
2: So, restaurants just um, open back up to outdoor seating. And a lot of the places in Portland, because most places don't have a ton of outdoor seating. I mean, it rains here in the winter a lot. Mm-hmm. But they've um, gotten street permits. So, they have a bunch of, like, tents up with, you know, heaters outside. So, they're doing outdoor seating. Oh, okay. Um, no indoor seating. Damn. Yeah. And yeah, no, no studios. Retail never closed down. They just, um, decrease their capacity to like 50 or 75% or something.
1: So like when you go out to like the grocery store, is that probably the only places they really just let people just go?
2: It depends. so like the, the Fred Meyer down the street, which is Fred Meyer's like Kroger, Mm -hmm. um, they don't really have to regulate how many people are in there because it's so big. Mm -hmm. But like if I go to whole foods down the street, it's a smaller whole foods. So usually there's on average, like at minimum five people waiting to get in. Damn. Yeah. It sucks. I'm glad I will be so glad when this bullshit's over.
1: Yeah. It's like uh, when I left, we were at no capacity or, you know, no cap like Mm -hmm. places and then bars could stay up until midnight and then when i come back you know i was gone for like two and a half weeks something like that Mm -hmm. and then i come back and it's back to 10 p.m and you know i think that like i saw something i think ben posted something where like you have to wear the mask the whole time while you're at the gym now it used to be you just had to walk in and walk out with it on which i don't understand the point of walking out with it on or even walking in with it on if you're not going to wear it. You know, yeah. I, that didn't make sense. But now you have to wear it the whole time while you're working out.
2: Yeah, we have we had to wear masks in all of our classes, too, um, the whole time. So what I um, did, because I was doing Mob Cycle, which is like super high intense speed, um, like spin class. Mm-hmm. Um, I got these things online that you can get on Amazon, and they're like silicone cages, That you can put over your face, and then you put your mask on top of it, so that it makes your mask stick out. So you're not like sucking in cloth. Oh, okay. And so what I did is I I took um, I got like some cheap cloth mask on Amazon too, and then I I stitched the silicone um, cage into the inside of the mask. Mm -hmm. So then. When you're like breathing in and out, especially like if you're doing yoga and you're breathing, you know, long, deep breaths in and out. Yeah. You can actually do it without like sucking cloth into your, mm-hmm. into your face. Um, that would be nice. that really helped. hmm Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I noticed like, like I had to, the longest I've ever had to wear a mask was, you know, because I don't wear them for work because I work from home. So usually it's just like when I go to Kroger or something like that, which I hardly ever go to the grocery store anymore. It's like maybe once a month compared to before,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but you know, I had to wear it on the plane and that's an like eight, eight and a half hour flight going and like nine and a half hour flight coming back. I was like, fuck man, this is brutal. I don't, I can't, I feel bad for people to to do it all day long, you know, 40 hours a week, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You get used to it after after a point though. I mean, like it was funny. I was talking to my sister on the phone when I was at the grocery store one day and I had like my earbuds in and she called me and then I get out to the car and I'm driving in the car and I started laughing and she was like, What are you laughing at? I was like, I like haven't even thought about it. I forgot my mask was on and I'm just in my car driving with <laughs> my mask on, like one of those losers that's in the car by themselves yeah. with a mask on. You know, I was like, I'm that person, but yeah. it's like just it, it's almost like become a part of who you are if you're if you're used to where if you have to wear them all day i mean i even though i'm in my office i pretty much have to wear my mask almost all day long it's and, like
1: uh, yeah it's a weird feeling
2: yeah but i think it's going to be weird whenever we don't have the mask mandates anymore it's like are you going to be scared to go into public without your mask mm. <laughs> you know like is it going to feel weird and Plus, you know, I know when you have the mask on, like, you're just sta- sitting there, like, with your mouth open all the time. <laughs> like, nobody's going to know what to do with their face anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, when I was over there, um, it pretty, they act like it doesn't exist. You know, there was, we stayed at, uh, I think I stayed at, like, six different places, like, on, during the safari and there was only one place that mandated it the whole time but other than that it was like you know free for all and then we went to we went to some market you know like they have like you know for, uh vegetables and animals and you know all kind of little products and you know just like a little just a just a what do they call them
2: like a flea market
1: not really a flea market, but I can't think of the word right now. Yeah. Was it outside? Yeah. It was like an outdoor market or whatever.
2: Farmer's market?
1: Yeah. That would be it. Something like okay. that. Mm-hmm. And the people were like all in your face. And, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Yeah. You know.
2: Did that make you uncomfortable?
1: <sighs> it was different because, you know, here it's, it's everybody's like big on social distancing. Yeah. You know, now. And there, I was just like, you know, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Like, if I, I don't know, because I got tested before I went. I had to get tested before I went. Well, technically, and then they didn't even check that <laughs> when we got there.
2: Oh, really? Uh, uh-uh. they didn't check your negative like result.
1: Nope. Some people, just... some people they said they asked, and then I was standing in line and they didn't ask me and they didn't ask a couple other people I was with either. Oh. So, I mean, I don't know if they're really going to just turn you away. I mean, yeah, I know Kenya was supposedly really strict about it, but I'm not sure now how strict they are.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean. <clears throat> I know, like, we, in Oregon, we reached, like, the highest death rate. Um, the other day, it was, like, 35 people in one day. Really? hmm
1: It's sad, man. Like I said, I don't want to see anybody die. Um, but I just don't know. I don't know how you fix what's already been done,
2: you know? Well, I mean, I think I'm sure the vaccine's going to help. Especially for people that are high risk to get it, you know, if they can it's suppressing the spread, and that doesn't mean that everybody has to get the vaccine, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if enough people do, that's gonna slow down the spread.
1: I wish they would do that with other stuff. Like let's stop HIV and let's stop herpes and all this other shit. Like Mm -hmm. stop start with the good stuff, man. Like Yeah, (laughs) you know like come on now
2: start with the good stuff and like let's shut down the condom industry
1: yeah like (laughs) if you didn't have to like if you knew you could raw dog it and not get anything (laughs) besides maybe a kid which is the ultimate STD then like
0: you'll be fucking okay
2: where's the vaccine for the kids
1: Hmm. (laughs) it's called uh,
2: facials oh (laughs) <laughs> Something that rhymes with schmorschen. Sh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So what? Uh, what's your uh, first quote that you have down today?
2: Yeah, first quote. Um, so in light of your recent trip, sometimes the only reason for us to be somewhere else is to see things from a different perspective. That's um, Layla Summers. She's just a, an author, um, motivational speaker. What was it again?
0: <clears throat> Excuse
2: Sometimes me. the only reason for us to be somewhere else is to see things from a different perspective.
1: It's very true. That is very true. Like, yeah. Like once you see other people living a certain way, it makes sometimes it makes your gripes and your things you take for granted, you know, that much more precious or that much more valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I said, when I saw a lot of shit over there that it's, you know, like I said, there. I don't want to like disparage people's problems here. But I do think that people in third world countries have it way worse than we have it here on average. Yeah. And that shouldn't even be a, a contest. Like if you're a human being, it doesn't matter what country you live in, you should be able to live a decent life. So it's like even the people here shouldn't have to have problems where they're making their payments or living in squalor. Definitely not here. If, you, if if America is the greatest country in the world, you shouldn't have poor people. You shouldn't have people that are living on the streets. You shouldn't have homeless people. You know, but the thing I noticed over there, it's just, it's like pretty much everybody is poor. There's not really any, you know, middle ground. It's either you have a lot or you have nothing here. It's like you can have nothing. You can have something and then you can have a lot.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously we have a, you know, upper middle and a lower class, but I think within those there's different um, tiers yeah. But do you think that being in a country where most of the people are on the same playing field, that that makes them more unified?
1: I will say this. The people didn't seem down. You know, like, they didn't seem like they were, like, ho-hum. Like, my life sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe because they don't know any better. You know, you're not seeing a bunch of people that have a lot more than you. I've heard people say this before, like, we didn't know we were poor because everybody else was poor. Yeah. You know.
2: Well, you don't have, you know, when you don't live in a society of comparison, too, and getting the next best thing or having the the newest item, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: And then, too, it's like, you know, what do we, like, the stuff we have do we really need. Because I've noticed that too, like during this quarantine, there's a stuff that, you know, like I was saying about the grocery store, usually I would go to the grocery store a couple of times, a, you know, a month. And now I don't go nearly as much. And it's like, you know, all the excess stuff I was buying before, was it really necessary? You know? So I don't know this, this quarantine. And like I said, this traveling, it, it it's really changed my thoughts on a lot of things.
2: Yeah, I I think it's, I think it's important, I mean, to, I mean, I said this before at the beginning of quarantine, or at the beginning of COVID, you know, whenever I'd start like feeling sad, or like, sorry for myself, is I'd get myself in check and be like, why am I upset, I still have a job, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I still have my health, I have a roof over my head, I can pay my rent, I can pay my bills. Why am I sad? Because I can't hang out with people, you know. Like it just it it. it I think it it takes that, because um, otherwise, I mean, you could feel sorry for yourself about any old thing if you allow yourself to. Um, that kind of goes into a quote I have about gratitude. Um, having gratitude while seeming to come with ease can. Cannot- Wait, sorry, let me sort over. Having gratitude while seeming to come with ease, one often can overlook something that should be imperative. Maintaining gratitude is key, key to embracing life's challenges. Stay present in your gratitude. That's an anonymous quote, but I think, again, gaining perspective by going somewhere else in a place that is unlike the world that we live in. We often don't we don't always acknowledge what we should be grateful for. Yeah. And we, we take a lot of what we have for granted, whether that's the roof over our head or the large plasma screen TV that we have for whatever, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, it's like they say, like we get a new iPhone every year now and the one we have from two years ago is just as suffice. But most of us want the new shiny blinging thing.
2: Yeah. And mind you, while we get those new iPhones, the, the the building in China where the people make the iPhones are, you know, they have nets around them so that people won't jump off the building yeah. because it's, you know, slave labor.
1: And just imagine, like, that phone is relatively cheap because it's made over there. Just imagine what it would cost if they made it here.
2: Oh, yeah most people would not be able to afford it. Yeah. The majority of people wouldn't be able to afford it. And you
1: know it's so funny? Like, I remember you could buy them outright back in the day. Like I think it was like three, four hundred bucks maybe to buy one. And now over, they have
0: over a grand.
1: Yeah, now it's like a grand, like you said, to and then they have it where you know, you finance it mm-hmm. with um your you know, your cell phone service or whatever.
2: Yeah. Do you have an iPhone?
1: iPhone? Mm, yeah.
2: Wh- which one do you have?
1: I have a 10, 10S, 10X Max or something.
2: Is that the tablet? Is that the big, huge board? <laughs>
1: yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's just, like I said, I mean, what do you really need that camera? Because most of us are just using it for bullshit, you know? And they're really not making any advances. So it's like... At what point do they get left in the dust?
2: Yeah, I still have iPhone 7, and it does me just fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a point where people are going to get sick and tired of paying for something that's not worth the money that you're paying for. Like, you're really yeah. not getting anything new. You know, because they're saying spiel every single time is, this one's better than the last one. It's like... yeah. Well, maybe you shouldn't bring them out every so often. Like, maybe skip a year. Because I I think it used to be where it didn't come out, like, every year. You know, it was like a lull in between. You got a new one.
2: Well, too, as they started developing things, they started messing with the inputs and the outputs so that you had to buy new accessories. Yeah. So remember when they changed the the output for, like, the headphones? Mm Mm-hmm. And you had to get an extension onto your headphones, yeah, like when i plug
1: when I plug the my phone into this roadcaster, I have to use a dongle these little dongle things, yeah, yeah, but it's crazy I saw something too where they're not giving you maybe it's with their new laptops or something, but they're not giving you the the um the brick. It plugs into the wall.
2: Oh, because
1: I think right. they got a new type of cable coming out or something.
2: So you I don't know, know. I I think what? I heard
1: that. I can't remember where I heard that. So don't quote so me. So you
2: on won't that. need the brick? I
1: don't no, understand. I think you got to buy like an additional or something. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's bullshit. Do you know
2: why though? I have I have way too many bricks. Like how many do you think you own?
1: Oh, Two. at least ten. Too
2: many, yeah. right? So why would you make a phone where people can't use those? That's just wasted electronics at that point.
1: Well, they need to work on the cable because I'm always having to buy the the lightning cables now. They always short out somehow. Mm-hmm. Like yep, they do. Like uh fix that. Start with that. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. I I don't want an Android, but I just you wish they you've would been get thinking about it. I just wish they would get their shit together.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't want to be a green person. Because, you know, if you see those, <laughs> you've seen those oh, green yeah. bubbles, you're like, oh, God.
2: You're one of those people. Because
1: every time, like, we get in a group message and there's somebody with green, I'm like, you fuck up this group message, man.
2: How does it mess it up? Just because of the color?
1: Well, that and, like, if you don't. Like say when I was out of town and I don't have cell phone service, I can't reply to those people. So if I have internet, I can reply to anybody that's oh, on really? iMessaging, but I not through that. text, yeah. And then like it's like you don't know if it gets delivered or not or it's always comes back saying undelivered. It it just fucks shit up, man. If they had iMessaging type thing, I think more people would probably transfer over.
2: I didn't know that. I didn't mm-hmm. know that if you didn't have, if you weren't connected to Wi-Fi, that the Android person wouldn't get your message.
1: Yeah, because it always just says, like, not delivered. Anytime I don't have cell phone service, because it's got to go through a cell tower for the te- an actual text.
2: Oh, I Excuse see. Me. But wait a minute. So, but if you don't have cell phone service, it will go to iPhone users?
1: Yeah, if I'm on the internet.
2: Uh Ah-ha, I see. So if
1: I'm connected to Wi-Fi, I can still text somebody through my iMessaging. If I don't have, if I just have cell phone service and no Wi-Fi, it'll try to send, like, if I text you and there's no cell phone, I mean, there's no Wi-Fi, it's just cell phone service, it'll just send it as a text. So that's why sometimes you'll just get a green text from somebody that has an iPhone. But, how,
2: do you, how do you feel about, um, like, universal Internet?
1: That would be awesome.
2: Free universal Internet?
1: I saw something, like, they're talking about putting, like, hot air balloons or some type of balloons up that can have um,
2: I think there, Wi-Fi I think, access. Yeah, I think people are, re- like, I think legitimately trying to figure out how to make it happen. I think the only problem to worry about is it's going to be more – Satellites in orbit and then that's going to just contribute to more space trash
1: yeah i don't know i think people need to be connected like okay say i when i was out on the serengeti and i got lost
2: like mm-hmm. i agree about that yeah like you should if you're in an emergency and you need to like save someone to save you
1: yeah That land goes forever. I'm telling you, I think that's what they, I think Serengeti, like in Swahili or something, breaks down towards like the land of forever or something like that. But, and even on the plane. So like, say like, if I'm the plane and they had something up in the air where we, you know, we could all, you know, use that. Mm -hmm. Because the cell phones or the Wi-Fi on planes sucks.
2: Oh, it's horrible.
1: And it's like, why am I paying all this money for my ticket? And I have to pay because, like, when I went there, it was like eighteen euro to play. Yeah, for the Wi Fi, Mm. and it was terrible.
2: Oh yeah, every time I go on a flight, um, I'll buy the in service Wi Fi, and I'll just pay for like the full day because usually it's like you know from traveling back to Memphis, and Mm. that's all day travel. But half the time it won't work, so then I have to then I have to call. The airline company, after the fact, and be like, I need you to reimburse me my money. I couldn't even use, I couldn't even utilize the Wi Fi on the plane. Yeah. All I could do was, you know, watch movies that you had available for me.
1: I mean, if you can go to Starbucks and not pay for anything and use their free Wi Fi, why can't you use Wi Fi or give, why aren't you getting complimentary Wi Fi um, when you're paying for a seat on a tube? I agree. Like, fuck the peanuts and the fucking Coke. Give me my fucking internet.
2: Did they let you eat on the airplane?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I don't eat on the planes. I have well, a street going on. So...
2: But that's a long flight.
1: I did it. So You're I disgusting. did... uh I did... Going there... So from... I How many planes did I take? I flew from here to Chicago. That was like 45 minutes to an hour. So that's nothing. Then I went to Chicago to Amsterdam. That's eight, eight and a half hours. Mm. And then Amsterdam to Kilimanjaro. That's like another eight hours. Mm. But yeah, no pee. No what? I didn't pee.
2: You didn't pee on the airplane? No.
1: Again? I've never wow. been in an airplane bathroom before. What? Nope.
2: He never stepped foot in it? No. Well, you're missing out.
1: I almost, I almost you. broke. <laughs> I almost broke. Like, I think it was when I was, we were, it was like <laughs> we were going to Kilimanjaro. I almost, I almost caved.
2: Did you drink anything on the plane? No, because that's another you thing fluids? too. No so water?
1: It, no. they kept coming around. All right, they're like, "Sir, do you want any water or something?" And I'm like, "No." You God. went eight
2: hours without any fluids.
1: Well, this is what I did do. So have you seen that clip? Everybody's talking about like when Obama goes to Flint, Michigan, and he's like, give me some water. <laughs> and Like they no. bring him some water. And, you know, because everybody in Flint, Michigan, you know, you got poison because yeah. of the water there. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want a, I don't want a, a bottle of water. Give me some tap. And so they bring him this water, and he takes this little tiny sip out of it, you know, like a little baby bird sip. That's what I did. So like I would – Little baby bird drink my water out of my bottle just okay. to get my mouth wet. But it was, it was, it was enough. There? Yeah. It was enough to, you know, to suffice.
2: You're rationing.
1: So I did Obama sips. Okay. So, and I can kind of understand maybe why he'd do that. Cause I mean, if you're doing a speech or you're around a bunch of people, you don't have time to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So if he's guzzling water up there,
2: you know? Yeah.
1: But then also, he may have been a little nervous because the water is still bad there. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what I did. I would do that, and then, uh, man, I as soon as I would get to the airport, I'd beeline it to the bathroom.
2: When I'm on, I mean, if I'm on like a four-hour flight, or even two, three-hour flight, I'm usually going to the bathroom two or three, t- maybe two times. I have a small bladder. Yeah. I'll have to go to the bathroom again during this podcast.
1: Because, you know, like, I generally I generally don't sleep on the plane. Because most plane rides, like, because the longest I had been on was when I went to Spain last year. Because that was from Atlanta to Barcelona was like eight hours. And so, you know, that was doable. And actually, I think I did drink and eat on that flight. Because I wanted to at least have the meal on my first, you know, Cross the one i didn't i didn't eat or drink when i came back but um yeah it's just it's kind of like you know like with dogs you know you keep a dog in the house for eight hours man you know
2: it's cruel
1: <laughs> <laughs> but i was able to do it you know we can we can do it it really is a mental thing though yeah you sure. know like i had to tell myself i'm like stop being a bitch it the time is ticking like, yeah. you're going to get there eventually. I mean, because if it came down to it, I could have obviously got, I'm not going to shit or, you know, pee myself, you know, to prove a fucking point. That that would defeat the purpose.
2: I'm protesting this. Yeah,
1: but, like, if <laughs> I could actually, I just wanted to see if I could do it, you know. Right. And now, if it's, like, 16 hours straight, there's no way. Like, that that would be too much. But yeah. since it was broken up, you know, in chunks, it was more manageable. But yeah, if I was if I was freely drinking or like drinking alcohol, I definitely would have to pee because I know a lot of people because you know you get free booze on those flights
2: on oh, international, yeah,
1: and so people will like you know get up and drink wine or beer well, or nice stuff like them. that. So there's no way that I would be able because beer always makes me have to pee. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: Well, next time you go on an airplane, you need to go into the bathroom and take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mean i don't know yes. i don't i don't even know how this even started
2: they're so they're so tiny they're not comfortable to be in
1: well i heard that some of the guys i was with they did say that the bathrooms are bigger on those planes
2: on the internet, than it
1: yeah. would be on a you know it ends in continental flight
2: you know yeah
1: but um yeah i, I don't i, th- I think i don't have to end the streak because I plan on going to um, Thailand next year. Yeah. And I don't know how. I know it's a lot further, you know, flight wise. So I might have to eventually just, you know, cave. I don't well, know. It's a it's a dumb thing. I don't know why I keep doing it. Well,
2: you just started it and now you're just keeping it going. Yeah,
1: it's been going on for a couple of years now.
2: It's your tradition now. <sighs>
1: Maybe 2021 will be the year I break it. I don't know. I'll report back.
2: Let me know. I want a selfie. (laughs) Selfie in the airplane bathroom.
1: Um, What's your next one you have for us?
2: sometimes we become so focused on rushing to where we're going that we forget to cherish the moment we're in right now. Take a beat friend, enjoy this moment. That one, that one kind of spoke to me. I'm, I find myself, uh, constantly thinking about the next thing that I have to do Mm -hmm. that I need to do. Um, and my, um, like kind of my self reminder every day, at least for 2020 has been be present. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's, I think for a lot of people that's hard. Um, Again, you've got stimulation overload and people are constantly, I was talking to my dad about this earlier, just like people in their cars being in a rush to get somewhere. It's like, why is everybody in such a hurry? Like, is you know can understand if you're like late for work but why do you have to get you know pissed off at the person in front of you because they didn't um you know hit the gas pedal as soon as the light turned green yeah you know um but i think just being present in, in the moment especially right now when life is kind of like slowed down for everybody um
1: I saw something, it was like, You see how fast this year is going by? It's like take time, I mean, and enjoy the moments we have because these it's we're not gonna be here forever
0: Mm-mm.
1: and it's like do the stuff you want to do and try to accomplish something
0: or you know
1: a, li- like you said live in the moment instead of always trying to be oh, I gotta get this done i gotta I gotta be here, I gotta do the, you know always on the go, go 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 go. They have a thing that they say in in Tanzania, it's pole pole, which is slow, slow, you know. So it's like. Yeah, I was going
2: to ask that because I saw you got Raul that bracelet Yeah, Yeah, because
1: he's slow to do everything. (laughs) So it's kind of fitting. But yeah, I mean, it's like that's their thing, you know, it's like pole pole. Because like even even on the street, like where it says break or slow, it says pole pole.
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean. Those people there, they didn't. They did. They definitely believe in taking their time. Like they're definitely a slower pace. Like there's not a rush to do a lot of things. Which, like I said, maybe that's why they're happier people because they're actually enjoying their life. Even though on the surface, what we see is shit to them. You know, maybe it's shit, but it's you know they see a they see more to life than. What we always are just looking at possessions and stuff like that,
2: yeah, I think too um advancements that help with convenience, I think keep us in turbo mode too. Mm-hmm. um you know for ordering your groceries online and having them delivered to you and Or ordering your groceries online and picking them up. um, Having all these conveniences of ordering stuff on Amazon and it comes to you in two days. Yeah. um, I think has only increased our um, mindset of constantly being in a hurry or in a rush. But when we don't need to be in a rush for anything, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Taking some patience and slowing down. And while the year has gone by so fast... um, it still feels like a standstill at times, you know? Like, sometimes I feel like we're still in March, you know?
1: Well, you know, like, I didn't, I, I did notice this. Like, so when we were on the safari, there was a bunch of flies in certain parts of it, like an insane amount of flies, and they fucking sucked. Like, they'll come into the truck and they'll just like attack you. And these are like house flies. And we're like, why are these, where are these fucking flies coming from? And they're like, it's because of the wildebeest. Like they follow the wildebeest. And so this is part of the time when they're all migrating to the Serengeti. And there's, I think they said there's like 1.5 million wildebeest that go through Serengeti. So you can just imagine how many flies there are. And so even if they're not around, there's still their shit that's on the ground. And they're all like attracted to that stuff. But where I'm going with that is, like, it sucked in the moment. Like, when I was in the moment of all those fucking flies, I was like, this is unbearable. Like, please just fucking close the, the car, man. Like, let's roll up the windows or something. I'd rather ride in fucking heat than you deal with these fucking flies. But, you know, now that I'm out of it, it if unless I think about the flies, it doesn't suck like it did in that moment so you know a lot of times like things suck more in the moment than they actually do like the memory is not as bad as the actual time you're in it so like it's sometimes if you can get past that suck part the actual reward is so much better so like a lot of us you know like I said we we bitch and complain about the moment but the actual actual memories of the things we experience are not nearly as bad
2: yeah, it's like a, a um a delayed understanding or a delayed acceptance of of what that was and then you have a, a different appreciation for it. Um think about it, those people live with those flies twenty four seven. Yeah. You know, you had it for a small little blip of your life.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it's just like it's it's a, a mild inconvenience that in the grand scheme of things is not that big of a deal at the end of the day. But like I said, in that moment, it felt like the worst thing possible.
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: now, you know, I sit back and think, and it's just like, you know, I saw a lot of beautiful shit and, you know, I got to experience something that, you know, a lot of people won't, you know? And it's just like, in that moment, I was letting that, those fucking flies ruin that experience for me.
2: Yeah. You
1: know? And I think we do that a lot. We we, we forget, you know, like a goal or, you know, what's the reason why we're doing something. Like working out, it's like, man, this fucking sucks. God damn it. And then, you know, when you start seeing results or, you know, you leave the gym and you're like, man, I'm so glad I did that. But in that moment, you're hating every second of it. Mm-hmm. You
0: know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely takes a mindset. I mean, there's... You know, there's days where I'm where I think that I'm like, fuck, I don't want to work out. Mm-hmm. Especially like doing it at home makes it that much more difficult. Yeah. You know. But if you if you can if you can retrain your brain, your thought process to say like, okay, it's not a big deal. I'm gonna be glad that I did this afterwards, but don't go into something with a negative mindset yeah. to start with, because then it's gonna be next to impossible for you to enjoy it and or complete it you know um and especially if it's something that's a that's a going to only going to make you better Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's
2: only going to make you stronger mentally physically whatever and that doesn't have to be working out it could be anything you know um i had this conversation with someone today and i was like you know you should really look into journaling because that will really help you to like you know alleviate the thought processes that you're having that you feel like you just need to get out. If you just write it on a piece of paper and while that may sound hard and difficult and, you know, almost unbearable, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: don't go into the mindset of that. Just go into it and just put the pen to paper, you know, and let things flow out. And then you'll realize how much better you feel and how you spent all this time kind of, overthinking how horrible it was going to be.
1: Embrace to suck.
2: Hmm. Good segue into this next quote. Discomfort is always a necessary part of pro- a part of the process of enlightenment. So discomfort is always a necessary part of the process of enlightenment. Um, that was written by um, Pearl Cleage. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right. C-L-E-A-G-E. Um, She was a playwright and she was the um, press secretary for um, the first black mayor of Atlanta in 1973.
1: And what is the quote again?
2: Discomfort is always a necessary part of the process of enlightenment. And I have said that about, about COVID and just 2020 in general and with, you know, everything that's happening in the world, in the United States, I think that something, something bigger than we can imagine right now, I think is going to come out of this. And I think it it is an enlightenment of some sort. Um, while we're all here sitting in our own grievances and, fighting your own struggles, whether you're a parent with children and you're having to, you know, juggle homeschooling on top of working, um, or you are, you know, a child or a young teenager that's not being able to have a normal experience of high school, um, or you're a senior in high school and, you know, you're having to do homeschooling right now, or you're a single person and you live alone and you... You know, have limited social interaction with people. Whatever that is, I think that something bigger is going to come of that. Whether it be, um, whether it's individually, locally, nationally, globally, something bigger is going to come out of all of this. And I think it's having something this major affects so many people in in different ways, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know, in most, in a lot of cases, the same way. I think it's going to be huge and maybe that's my fantastical hope for humanity, but I think it's possible. Um, I think that society, it's kind of needed to have a, have a sit down and a step back, you know,
1: it's like they say, um, if it sucks, it's not over. Mm -hmm. So, Generally, if it's something just seems bad, you know, you just got to keep going. And then hopefully there'll be, you know, a brighter spot. So like you said, I mean, if if we don't take anything from what's happening right now, we deserve bad shit to happen to us. You know, because if you don't see or wish for something better or try to do something better during this time, it's like, what did you learn? You know, you just wasted a whole year of your life. You know, you might as well just been doing what you were doing before. And you're not going to grow or you're not going to get any better if you don't take the lessons that we're giving or take this time, you know, that we've been given to better yourself or or think positively or, you know, just have a different outlook on life. Because I think a lot of us, you know, I think we. We get in, we, we've been so, like, babied as people that when stuff does suck, we don't know how to deal with it, you know, for the most part.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, human nature to um, either ignore or uh, deflect um, or to blame something else for um, what the truth is. Of the situation, I think that's that's normal human behavior, but I think it it's where it takes some self awareness and some accountability to own up to own up to shit. Yeah, it's just
1: I don't know. I I think it really is that thing. Like if if it's if it's bad, it's it's just not over. Like you just got to think about it that way. Like it's not the end. Hmm. I think if you think well, that it, way, it's a little bit it, it's a little bit easier to 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 deal with the hits that keep coming at you.
2: Right. One well, thing we I think we said before on this on this segment is you know if you don't if you don't have if you don't have the valleys, you're not gonna it, you're not gonna appreciate the peaks. Yeah. 'Cause if, if things are hunky dory all the time, then you you really don't appreciate anything.
0: hmm Yeah,
1: it's you know? true. I mean, like, like I don't think there's anything wrong with people that are always happy. I mean, if you're always that's just your personality, that's just your personality. But there are some people that need to go up and down to to appreciate the the up moments more
2: yeah but I don't think that I don't think that exists as someone that's a hundred percent happy all the time i don't I don't think that exists
1: well I think if you live in I don't know there's some people I know like if they live a certain way in a certain bubble then and certain things like don't affect them, you may not be like depressed, but you may just be like. I don't know, just kind of blah, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's like an actual like sad, sad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. You know, I think some people go into dark moods and then some people just have rough days and they just kind of brush it off. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: The human, the human brain is a fickle bitch.
1: Because like I said, I, I, you know, I've been lucky to never have, you know, I've had like sad things happen in my life, but for the most part, my life has been pretty good overall. Um, You know, a lot of people can't say that, you know, and it's it's not to say that something may not happen tomorrow or later today or, you know next year that's traumatic in my life. But, you know, I generally try to, if something bad has happened, I generally try to, to push through it, you know, instead of just letting it consume me too much.
2: Do you think, do you, do you push through it in a sense of also like working on coping with it? Or do you, are you a uh, shove the shit down until it, the feeling goes away type of person. I
1: used to be more of the type of person that wouldn't talk about something if it bothered me or, um, you know, just kind of just deal with it. Now, if something bothers me enough, I will usually be vocal about what I don't like. Because I don't think that's healthy to not talk about shit. Like, especially if somebody, if somebody keeps doing something or, you know, somebody is, you feel like you're being wrong by somebody. And if you don't let them know, you know, I think that's kind of on you to let that fester inside you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think the best thing to do is, yeah, I me personally, I, if something bothers me enough to where it makes me angry or something like that, I have to, I have to, you know, talk about it with the person but yeah i don't know i generally like i said uh, for the most part i generally just try to, to just like i said just push through shit and not let shit get to me too much because i know it's it's generally just in that moment like like i like i i recall like getting upset at something at work one time i've talked about this on here before i was like oh man it's going to be a bad day because something happened And I was like, why am I thinking like that? Like, no, that one fucking shitty thing happened. I'm not going to let that dictate the rest of my day.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think sometimes we as people, we let that little thing happen and just snowball into more things and make that, you know, then you're looking for bad stuff to happen. Because I think you even said that before on here. You're like, you know, your parents are like, oh, today's going to be a bad day. Yeah. Or whatever, and you know, and they just start looking for wa- you know,
2: yeah, the washing machine broke, the yeah. car broke down, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I when I was younger, I definitely just I would I maintained a positive attitude as I do now, but in a sense where I did would have would avoid certain things, you know, that would upset me and i would just kind of be like yeah it'll be fine mm-hmm. don't, don't worry about it you know but then like when my mom passed away um a lot of that like came to surface um because i did i did have you know situational depression after my mom died yeah i was really depressed following her death because a lot of stuff from my past came to surface Things that I didn't that I didn't acknowledge, you know, yeah. uh, previously, and then the volcano erupted, and I think there's a fine balance that you have to find there of pushing through, and also working through, mm-hmm. you know, um, and not allowing your emotions to stay bottled up because you want to do the mind over matter. While mind over matter works in a lot of things. Um, sometimes you just got to really work through your bullshit, Yeah, you know, to come out on the other side. Um, and that's hard work for anybody to do. Um, but yeah, you can sit in it or you can do something about it and work through it. That, that temporary sadness or that temporary depression, um, to get yourself out on the other side. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's going to. It's going to sit with you forever.
1: Yeah. I think it's definitely case by case. Like, you know, as person to person, how we, we let shit affect us. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Cause some people, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but some people like what I would not consider that big of a deal to them. It's, you know, earth shattering. And I can't always expect people to think the way I think. Like, if I think something's not a big deal, it doesn't mean that it's not a big deal to them. And that'd be kind of like a shitty thing for me to be like, well, just get over it, you know, like move on. Like, why are you, you know? So I can't, I can't always just, you know, take on somebody else's shit or assume that the way I would handle something is the same way they would handle it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, um, they always talk about that fight or flight. Like there's some people that run towards the building. There's people that run away from the building. And everybody wants to be a badass and be like, man, if this happened, I would do this and do that. But then if you're in the situation, you know, your real self takes over and then you realize that, you know, how you really would handle that situation. Because it's easier, it's easy, it's always easier said than done. Yeah. And you cannot always assume that the way, like I said, if the way you would handle something is the way somebody else is going to handle it. Right. So
2: That's why it's hard to like... I find the older I get too. like when, when people confide or ask for advice, um, I try to, as I get older, be a little bit more methodical about how I respond because Mm -hmm. it is easier said than done, especially when it's not, you're not the person that's being directly affected.
0: Yeah. You're,
2: You're an outside source. And not only are you outside of the situation, but you have an emotional attachment usually with the person that's asking you. Mm -hmm. So of course you're going to want to give them the best advice because you care about the person. Um, But is it the best advice for that individual and for that person's personality or that person's, how they handle, you know, grief or trauma or stress or anxiety. Um, And, you know, I'm Historically, not one to to talk too much about like my personal life with my friends. As far as like you know, grieving or um, you know, relinquishing all of my my troubles to friends, I think it's important. I leave that to my to my therapist because they're professional yeah. and they are also um, skilled in helping me utilize the tools and that I need to work through whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. And they don't have, they don't have um, a biased opinion because they're not emotionally attached to me in any kind of way.
1: Yeah. I remember seeing something one time. It was like, you know, generally there's people that go to other people for problems like friends or family. And you're like, do you have time to deal with what I want to ask you instead of just dropping your information on these people and letting them carry that load too.
2: That's kind. That's a kind way to.
1: Cause I know I used to have somebody, they would call me all the time, especially when they were drunk and it would be like, man, I don't, I'm sorry. You're going through what you're going through, but I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. Like, and it's like, there's no way that I'm getting to you really heavy. Yeah, there's no way that I'm I'm going to get through to you because you're drunk and you're not really listening and you're probably on the verge of blacking out and you're spilling your guts and it's just like this is not helpful for anybody. I don't know I don't think it could be really that therapeutic because it would always be they would they would spill their information and then the next day they would act like nothing happened.
2: I think I remember you mentioning that before.
1: Yeah, it's just like you know, it's not it's not healthy. It's not healthy for me to have it to, to to do that, and it's not healthy for you to have this kind of information that you're carrying that you're not wanting to resolve or get some type of outside help. Like yeah. you said, I'm not a I'm not a therapist, so even if I have an idea or something, it may send you down a different spiral because I think you should handle it a certain way that you know maybe that's not good for you. So. Okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a fine line too. It's hard because obviously if it's, you know, someone in your life that you care about, friend or family member, and you want to be there for them, you want to be supportive, Mm -hmm. but also depending on what they're providing you, the information that they're giving you or the, I don't want to call it a burden, but if you are, if you're an empath or, you know, or a codependent person, that they're, their bullshit or their heaviness is going to weigh on you. Mm-hmm. And then, then you have two people that are not feeling great, you know, cause one stressed out because of their own personal situation. And then, you know, the, then you is the person that's supposed to be helping this person and give them advice and be the strong person. You're stressed out because you're letting their shit weigh you down.
0: Yeah.
2: So it's a fine line. I'm trying to figure out like, how do you support someone respectfully? Um, And then kind of to the detriment, are you going to do it to the detriment of your own mental stability or your own, you know, mental health? Mm -hmm. It's where setting boundaries is important when it comes to that. I mean, obviously you don't want to look at your loved one and be like, I'm not your therapist, you know, if you don't, <laughs> yeah. that's not the best re- reaction, but sometimes, I mean, I'll be honest, sometimes I want to say that, but like, I, don't, I don't know, go talk to a professional. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person that can give you the answers that you need and, you know, or if they're just looking for you to say what they want to hear.
1: Like when you first saw, uh, or before you saw a therapist, did you think it was not for you?
2: I never thought that Um, I've never had an opposing view of therapy. Um, I just was a very. um, If you ignore it, it's not there Mm. type of type of person. Like
1: Um, people that don't answer bill collectors phone calls.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I do pay all my bills though. So yeah, different scenario. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I just um, with, things that you know took place throughout my life and don't get me wrong like I didn't have a horrible childhood but mm-hmm. um you know I had shit that happened in my life that I ignored and I I will say that especially in my younger years and in college high school college and then you know in in our 20s I my friends became my family yeah um because I wanted to ignore what was happening in my own family and I just kind of pretended like nothing was happening mm-hmm. and until my mom passed away um it i, I didn't acknowledge it and it, it you know my mom passing away kind of brought all of that past trauma to surface that i had just almost was like didn't even acknowledge it as trauma i didn't even see it as that you know yeah. um and then because i was in a in a very depressed state i was like I had the I had the mental capacity to say, I gotta do something about this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna take this downward spiral um because my mom died. She yeah. would want that, you know. I don't want that. But no, I've never been um anti therapy. I think I think it's super important. Um, and but not until she passed away did I do it regularly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you describe like depression?
2: What does that feel like to you? Um, man, it's hard. I mean, I will say like after. I think too. I had like a, a big crash um, mm-hmm. when I got back to Portland after my mom's death because. When I went back home, me and my sister, like for two weeks, it was like scrambling to like take care of my dad who couldn't like do anything
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, on his own and t- figuring out all of his shit. Um, so I had a very delayed grief. Um, and it also coincided with a, like another situation that had happened Um with um with a male suitor if you will Mm -hmm. um those two things coupled. when I came back to Portland I just felt like I had I had taken some time off of work yeah but I just like I I I laid in the bed Mm. all day um I smoking a lot of cigarettes yeah I I don't do that anymore um I wasn't drinking all day but I was drinking at night Mm. um just to I wouldn't even get drunk. I was just doing it, you know. Yeah. Um and it it's hard to explain what it felt what I felt like. Um I was just real fucking sad and couldn't couldn't imagine not being sad.
1: Do you feel alone even when you're with people?
2: Um when you're when when being depressed? Yeah.
1: Like there's nothing well, anybody can do or say to.
2: No, I didn't ever, I didn't have that okay. feeling. Um, when I was around my friends, um, multiple people, I would say, like I did have one of my friends, Bob, who um, dog sat Deegan for me during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a really big saving grace for me in that moment. Um he actually, like actually his car got snowed in, in my driveway where I was living at the time. Mm-hmm. And so he was staying with me when I got back to Portland and he like was forcing me to eat dinner and stuff. You know, he's like making me dinner yeah, because I was like, I'm not hungry. I don't need anything to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so like being one-on-one with like one friend, I felt alone and sad, but if I was around a group of people, no, I didn't feel that. because um, I think it was a distraction.
1: Yeah.
2: Um Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because I don't I don't have like a I don't have a consistent depression. Yeah. Um, it was very situational. It's hard to say. I don't know if I don't know if they're the same.
1: But you had never experienced anything like that before?
2: No. Okay. I mean, I've been sad, of yeah. course. Um, but nothing, nothing to that extent, nothing that debilitating. Um, I think a lot of it too was guilt, um, because of like the last conversation I had with my mom, you Mm -hmm. know, and, um, I'll be very candid. My mom passed away essentially because of alcohol withdrawal. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and the last time we had talked on the phone, the conversation wasn't nasty. I just pretty much told her, like I can't keep helping you I can't keep bailing you out and giving you money um for alcohol essentially because you know like I can't keep paying your car note you yeah. know I can't keep I, you're gonna have to hit rock bottom to realize that you can't um expect people to keep bailing you out, especially you know at that time like I was I... I mean, I make I make decent money, but the cost of living out here is expensive. So, oh, yeah. and I'm a single person, you know, it's not like I'm just made of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think a lot of that went into play, too, was just the guilt. And then into the guilt, you know, it's the sadness of not having your mom, uh, the guilt. And then that's when, like, past experiences and trauma all came to surface. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really crappy time, but... Um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. Um, and I learned, I learned how to deal with grief and how to deal with trauma and how to say what you feel and not bottle it up, which I think was the biggest thing that could have come out of that.
1: Does it feel like, or did it feel like a, like a bad dream when you first found out your mom was not here anymore?
2: Oh Yeah. I would say probably she died in two thousand six. I would say like the, f- the first two years um just felt we yeah, weird, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and not that the depression lasted that long. Just um I mean, there's even moments sometimes now where it's like, Oh, I'm gonna call mom, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um that that um that feeling of I'm going to call mom or I'm going to text mom that lasted a while. Um, I think that would be normal for anybody. I'm sure anybody else that's listening that has lost a parent or a sibling or something could, you know, understand that. But um, yeah, it's very, um, you know, I guess too, you start to go into think like this woman carried you in her person Mm -hmm. for nine plus months birthed you fed you tended to you kept you alive yeah is gone
0: Mm. yeah
2: you know it's a very surreal feeling it's very strange
1: yeah i know like um like i lost i haven't lost a a parent or a sibling yet but i've lost i lost my roommate you know that passed away and like Mm -hmm. sometimes like I'll think about something and I'll be like, man, I should tell Josh this or, you know. And it's just like, fuck, man, they're not here anymore. And, you know, I can only imagine how compounded that would be if it's your parent or like if if a parent lost a child or, you know, something like that. So it's just like I don't think most of us can truly understand what anybody is going through until that actually happens to us. And then some people, it, I guess it's different for people because not everybody has the same kind of relationship with their parents and vice versa with their children. But I don't know. It's just something we have to, you know, you have to feel for people that are going through something like that. And that's the whole thing where they go back to saying, you never know what somebody's dealing with. And so stop being such a dick to people. And because you never know, like somebody may have just lost their mom or their dad or whatever, or their child. And you're like, why are you being an asshole today? And you know, you don't know their backstory or why they're being that way. So it's just like, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta let shit roll. You know.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I've gotten to where too, and maybe some people would think that this is a too forward of a of a question to ask, but. I've done this before if I'm like with a co- you know coworkers, if I can tell that they're on edge mm-hmm. or you know I did something and I can tell that it didn't sit well with them i'll I'll flat out ask like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and maybe some people would think that that's offensive, but maybe that's just kind of what they need. I remember one time I was at Walgreens and the the cashier gal was just such a excuse my language cunt. Mm-hmm. she. Just horrible.
1: Yeah.
2: But I thought to myself, like, I was a smart ass when I said it. but I was just like, honey, I hope your day gets better. Mm. Because, and I didn't say this, but her, whatever was going on with her was completely coming out. Yeah. Outwardly. And I was like, I hope your day gets better. Like, because clearly it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's affecting your job right now you know? Yeah. Um, But I think you're right. I mean, you know, you never, you never know what people are going through. And I also find myself, if I get into an argument with like, you know, someone or my dad or my sister, and I'll immediately, like if we get off the phone and it wasn't great, like I'll call my dad back and I'll be like, look, I'm real upset. I'm sorry though. And I love you. Mm. You know, like, because I don't want to have the I don't want to ha- have that feeling of the last conversation with someone being shitty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah On
2: either side, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's 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 hard, man, like to know what the next second's going to be like. So like, yeah, that mentality that you have to try to Men, something it's like with people like that are spouses, they're like, I don't want to go to bed angry. You know, it's a whole thing It's just like, you know, is it really like if that person was not here tomorrow, would that argument be worth, you know, whatever the argument was? Was it be worth that weight? Like they say, and it's just like generally, it's not, you know,
2: do so you and Raul will go to bed mad at each other
1: all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time
2: well you better start making that right
1: <laughs> why do i have to make it right <laughs> i'm not the one that's fucking up
2: well i guess both of you could
1: uh you know it's like with him and i it's like that we did go a period of time this year we went like three months without talking and like really? so, yeah 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 so like
2: and living together,
1: yeah. So, like, if oh, you'll I notice, heard. you'll go back, like, and listen to a lot of podcasts that he wasn't on. It was during that time, really. Yeah. So well,
2: he's not on this one. So <laughs> we're hitting another, we hit another uh, silent. Moment. Another
1: three months going up, but you know, it's just like it was a it was a thing where I just got tired of his attitude, man. It was just like he was just he was just being really like he would just say shit. And I'll be like, why are you saying that? Like, that shit's old, man. Like, mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I just one day I was like, you know, I'm just not going to talk to him for a bit. And then I remember before one time he said like, oh, you, you'll go like a week and then we'll be talking again. And then I was like, okay, motherfucker, we'll see this. And, and so like, it just. I'm gonna prove yeah, just proving a point. man. so then it went like three months. But, uh, you know. I don't know. It's just, it's just, uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't let ticky tack shit, I guess, ruin a friendship, but also you got to look at the other person and be like, they shouldn't do stuff intentionally to annoy, annoy the other person. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's 50 50.
2: Yeah. It's a given, it's a give and take too. Yeah. You know, I had, um, I had a a friend that I didn't speak to here in Portland for a while. Um, And this was, you know, as I was like learning about um, my codependency and, you know, being the, the uplifter of a codependent relationship and being the strong person and, you know, helping that person make it through whatever they're going through and I had a friend where it's like the couple of times i'd asked for some help they couldn't they, they couldn't they couldn't show up yeah you know and i'm the type of person where i don't typically ask for help mm-hmm. um and the the couple of times i needed some help with just silly things too like you know can you drive me to AutoZone so i can get a new car battery mm-hmm. or something you know um they couldn't show up and I just was like, you know what? I don't need that person in my life because I show up for them, and the the two times I needed them to show up for me, they couldn't. Yeah. Um, fuck that, you know. So we went a long period of time. We didn't speak for probably over a year. And one day, that friend just reached out to me and was like, "Hey, like, can we go and grab dinner? Um, you know, I'd really like to chat and catch up with you." And they apologized. You know, like, and I guess realize that, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't pull the weight in the friendship, you
0: know,
2: they didn't, they didn't come and show up when it was necessary. Yeah. Which I appreciated that. Um, And took a while, but they did it, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't know why uh, some people, they're so oblivious to the things that they're doing. Like, especially if you, if you are always there for them, like, you know, when people do stuff for you, unless you're just a complete dick and you just take for granted everything that's ever done for you. But yeah, I mean, like if, and then you can't reciprocate the same thing, like a simple task is driving somebody somewhere. Like Fuck you, man.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes you do got to walk
1: away for your, your own, you know mental health
2: yeah yeah well i would say too like with age um quality over quantity mm. when it comes to friends um you will find out very quickly what people give a shit about you um, or what people do give a shit about you in certain situations um i can even say that too like when i come back to memphis like who is who is willing to put in some effort to, like, to come and hang out, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Goes a long way, man. Like, just just simple things. Like, it doesn't take too much to either text somebody that you can't do something or, you know, give a legitimate reason. But just not to just show up is just. That's just a shitty move.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, again, I, I think people get so caught up in their own, their own, um, I don't want to say like dramatic, because maybe that's not even the case. I mean, and I get it. People's lives get busy, especially if you are a parent and you have kids and you know extracurriculars and all that stuff but I think some people just get so wrapped up in their own life that it's hard for them to think outside of that. Um, but again, if you don't make an effort to make connections or have connections with the people in your life and that's not reciprocated and given back, then you wouldn't have connections with anybody. Yeah. None of us would If we all just stayed to ourselves.
1: Well, it's like they say, like <laughs> they say no woman is busy to text. She only texts the people that she has time. She'll make time to text who she wants to. And it's just with people like anybody that says they're too busy to do something really isn't too busy. You, you can allocate the time to do stuff. If you really want to do it, yeah.
2: you make time for the things that are important to you yeah, you, or make time for the things that interest you or that, you know, that you want to do.
1: Yeah. That's why I like, I, Like I was telling you earlier about excuses, like people always make up excuses why shit doesn't get done, but then they'll do, they'll have time for other things that in the grand scheme of things are not that important. Mm -hmm. Like we always have some time. Like you're not working 24 hours a day.
2: Yeah. Well, you can find the time. Yeah. If you really want to. I like this conversation we have because it leads into a quote. Um, at the end of life, what really matters is not what we bought, but what we built, not what we got, but what we shared, not our competence, but our character, not our success, but our significance. Live a life that matters. Live a life of love. That's an unknown author.
1: Live a life of love.
2: Hmm. So... At the end of life, what really matters is not what we bought, but what we built, not what we got, but what we shared, not our competence, but our character, not our success, but our significance, live a life that matters, live a life of love.
1: Yeah, it's like they, um, they say like we always are working for things that make us have to work. So like, you know, we buy a house, we buy a car and then we're having to work all the time to pay for those things. And then at the end of the day, it's like you can't take any of that shit with you.
2: Mm. -mm. Yeah. That's one thing, um, that I did. Um, I moved from like a, a, not a huge house, but a fairly big house that I was renting into this, the apartment that I'm in now. and, it felt so good to shed stuff Mm -hmm. like just things that I had collected to fit into this house that I didn't need. I was just filling space, you know? And then even after COVID I've like gotten rid of stuff Mm. in this apartment. Um, Because yeah, like you can't take it with you. And it's like, what, what happens when, if you go your, your poor family and friends have to come and collect all your shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. Gather your belongings.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, we do accumulate a lot of excess shit. And you never realize how much shit you have until you have to move.
2: Oh, yeah. It's like,
1: fuck, man. I don't think I have that much stuff. And then it's like a whole day's worth, like, packing up shit and then moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck, man.
2: Did you come back with a bunch of souvenirs and stuff?
1: Um, I bought... A couple of things. I bought two masks and then I bought um, two statues, like the wooden statues. Mm -hmm. And then I bought like, (laughs) so, (laughs) so when we first got there, right, we go to this place and they were like, uh, it was like a coffee, a coffee tour, right? So we go up in this like mountain or whatever. And these people, they they make their own, they they grow their own coffee beans. Um, and then they they roast them and all this other stuff, and they sell them. And then, so we go there, and these people are like, hey, I made these uh, these paintings. And they're like, it looks like they're on, like, banana leaves or something. And we're like, okay, we're going to go do this. And then we went to see this, like, beautiful waterfall. So we had to, like, walk up this whole thing to go to this waterfall. So we get back, and the people are like, "Yeah, this is from my village, and I painted these, and blah blah blah." And they're like, "You know, give us whole spiel." And this is the first interaction we really have with any Tanzanian people, right? So you're like, "Okay, we're all like, okay, we'll b- buy that one, buy this one." I ended up buying like three, three paintings, right? Because they're like, you know, we made these from hand go down the fucking road, same fucking paintings all over the fucking place, man. (laughs) They fucking hustle the fuck out of us, you know? So, like, I go to get some money. Stupid, uh,
2: Stupid Americans. Yeah.
1: So I go to get some money, and this guy's, like, showing me these fucking paintings. And he's like, yeah, I paint. I was like, no, bitch. I have that same fucking painting, man. Like, so, like, you know, I don't know where they're getting these paintings from. Like, maybe from China or something. So, but yeah, like all down the road, they're like selling the same shit to like tourists. But That's yeah, so bad. I have three of those and then, um, <laughs> they're, they're cool looking, but you know, there's, I just don't know what the real history is behind them, you know, mm-hmm. or where they're getting them from. But some of the stuff I got, I think it's, you know, cause I have these like wooden things. I'll, I'll send you a picture of later, but they're like, it's a man, a woman, And you can tell they're like carved out of fucking a tree trunk or some shit. But yeah, I got that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I bought all that bracelet. I didn't want to bring too much stuff back because I didn't want my bag to be overweight. I didn't want to carry all that shit on the plane too.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, did you ship it back
1: or? No, no. I brought them all back with me. But Yeah. yeah, for the most part, it was just you know kind of small stuff that I brought back. I think the masks were probably the biggest thing because I got one in my bedroom. And I had one in the hallway.
2: I think I might have seen those posts. I don't remember.
1: I'll take pictures of them for you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, you know, there's a mass saw some cool shit. They had some cool shit. And it's not expensive over there, you know, for right. what we would pay for some of the stuff I bought, you know, that, you know, I have in this house. I could have got over there for a lot cheaper, you know, in the same kind of craftsmanship or whatever, but yeah, they're definitely hustlers over there, man. Like, so like we go into this one little market thing though. Like one of the last days I was there and we get out of the car and the way they talk is so cute. It's like, they're like, uh, it's kind of like a feminine, even like the men, like it's like really like a soft, they're like, hello welcome welcome uh they always say welcome welcome um and they're like uh i think they always say like uh asante asante and uh, Karibu, which is uh asante means i think asante means welcome and Karibu means uh thank you or something like one or the other i'm not sure what it was but (laughs) but like we get out of the car and they're like come to my shop, come to my... And it's like, we're like celebrities, you know? Like, they're all, like, (laughs) fucking coming up to us and all this other shit, but...
2: They're probably thinking to to themselves, like, if this person is traveling during a pandemic, (laughs) they've got some money to spend. Yeah,
1: yeah. And the thing about there, too, you gotta learn how to haggle prices. So we didn't know that when we first got, you know...
2: I know that's how it is in Thailand, too.
1: Yeah, so we got taken, you know, not taken taken advantage of, but when they... Told us about the you know the sob story about it was their fucking art and all this sort of shit. Like I yeah. think I paid like fifteen dollars American for something that I probably could have got like for four dollars, you yeah. know, over there. Well, but
2: that fifteen dollars went a long way for that. Yeah, for it is what it family. is.
1: But uh, yeah, like I think I got those. I got a mask and. Oh, I bought a, a like a a dagger. I got a dagger, and then I got.
2: You got to bring that on the airplane.
1: Well, I packed it in my luggage, in my uh, under the under the plane luggage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I got a dagger. I got the two statues, and I got a mask. No, I didn't get the mask from there. So I got the dagger, the two statues, a magnet, and a keychain for like 30,000 shillings or something. So I think that's like What is that? It wasn't very much.
2: It sounds like a lot just cuz you're in the thousands. Yeah.
1: Cuz yeah, like uh I think a shilling is um $12.94.
2: Oh, it's nothing.
1: Yeah, and the stuff I got is cool as shit too. And I think I paid. Yeah. I think I paid like maybe twenty bucks, twenty. Because they'll. <laughs> so I went in one place and they're like, "Give me a price. Give me a price." Because they'll always start out super high. They'll sure. be like one hundred fifty bucks. I'm like, "Fuck no, I'm not paying one hundred fifty bucks for that." They're like, "You you tell me what you think. You tell me what you think." And I was like twenty dollars, twenty five dollars American. They're like, I got to eat. Come on now. What do you what do you do? What do you do? And I was like, okay, uh $40. Ah, forty five. Forty five. And so like I ended up like getting it down to like thirty five or forty five dollars, I think, for the first mask yeah. I bought. And then the other one I got, I think I got, I paid like I know I paid less for the second one I bought. And the second one I got bought is a lot bigger and it's got more detail. Yeah. So my haggling skills got better as I was there.
2: Yeah, my friend uh, Chris, when he went to Thailand, he said it's the same same thing. You're constantly like, let's make a deal with yeah. all the street vendors.
1: Yeah, they say like generally you should try to get it 50% less than what or, or at least 50% of their initial offer.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: like I said, they generally start super high. Like it's like I said, their average price was like 140. It didn't matter what the fuck it was. They were like 140. I'm like, no.
2: Well, did they did they try to upsell you on Roll's bracelet?
1: So you know how I bought the bracelet. So I went to uh <laughs> I went to to get some money. And it's right by the ATM, so they know what I'm fucking doing. Yeah. So I'm getting money out of ATM and they come up and they're like, you know. Buy this bracelet. And I'm like, no, I don't I don't want anything. Like, go, please go away. And then, like, <laughs> this one guy was like, just, they're really persistent. And then I was just like, here, t- take some money. I just gave him money to go away, you know. And then the one guy was like, yeah, I'll buy that bracelet. No, actually, I think I bought the bracelet before. Did I buy that bracelet? I can't remember. I know I bought something from one of them. Yeah, I think I bought the bracelet from one, and then I gave one guy like ten thousand shillings, and then I gave the other guy like a dollar or something. That's all I had, like because I didn't want to give him anything big because I still had the stuff to buy or what have you. But yeah, you know, generally, like I said, they're they're really aggressive though. Like they come out of the fucking woodworks. They're like just always like buy 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 buy. But yeah. I try to be as polite as possible with them, you yeah. because I understand well, they're trying to make money, you know, i was going to
2: say, I'm sure that they're, um,
1: and there's not a lot of tourists.
2: Right. And I'm sure that their job options are limited as well. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, overall they were, they weren't rude people. You know, they were really nice people. They're just aggressively, this one guy called himself Mr. Promotion. He's like, I'm Mr. Promotion. <laughs> and then because i was fun. trying to buy it like i had to buy a backpack while i was over there so i ended up getting like a really nice backpack because my backpack tore um while i was there and i got a really nice backpack for like 25 bucks so you can buy like decent shit you know for a fair price right but um i don't know like i said it's it's uh so, it's definitely an experience man i i i I recommend anybody to, if you have the means or the time to travel somewhere else and see how other people live.
2: Yeah. I want to go to Ireland. I want to go to Ireland and Scotland and I just want to like, I want to travel to pub to pub and just sit next to old men at the bar (laughs) and just like pick their brains.
1: I've heard you can go to like, you can travel all of Ireland within like a day. That's how small it is.
2: Yeah, I definitely want to do, like, a self-guided car tour, you know? Yeah. Um, my friend Chris that went to Thailand some years back, um, he recommends to anyone that when you go, like, you have to get, um, you can get really inexpensive tailored suits there.
1: I've heard that.
2: So you'll have to get yourself a nice tailored suit. He, he walked away with, like, two of them.
1: Yeah, they were, I don't. I think this was in China, my friends, that the same thing was similar. But mm-hmm. he said they, I think he got like a couple of shirts and some suits or whatever for le- way less than you would pay for tailor shit here. And it was done the same day.
2: Yeah,
1: yep. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. Yeah. But yeah, when you go to... um Ireland, yeah, I heard like it said, you can pretty much travel it the whole day, you can mm-hmm. see everything. But,
2: yeah, who knows when they'll open up?
1: I don't know, man. Maybe I could say the whole is vaccine. And
2: I'm just like, fingers crossed that it does its job.
1: Because what is it? Most of them are like 95%, right? 92
2: to 95%, yeah.
1: And I think yeah. that Fauci guy said he would have been happy with seventy seventy percent success right. rate. You know, yeah. so
2: yeah, I mean ninety-five, that's huge. Um yeah. It'd be interesting. And hopefully it I mean, I'm optimistic. I'm hoping that it does what, what it what we need it to do to Life back to somewhat normal. And
1: then, you know, maybe it's one of those things, too, we've been exposed to it for almost a year now. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe it's just one of those things, like, our bodies are just, okay, this is something I've seen before, Mm -hmm. you know, and try to knock it out. Or maybe some of us, too, will start taking care of ourselves better and boost our own immunity, you know? Yes. Like, luckily, like, knock on wood, you know, I've been around some pretty sketchy things during all this and I haven't had no only had it, yeah. you know, cause I know I've been tested once and I didn't have it and
0: yeah.
1: you know, I've lived with somebody that's had it. So like I said, not saying I won't get it or I haven't, maybe I've had it and I just, it didn't affect me like it affects somebody else, but yeah. hopefully it gets to the point where most of us can fight it off and you know, there's, yeah, people I stop dying.
2: I'm more or less, worry about like residual effects or
1: like the heart issues and lung issues yeah, or whatever. And, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, like a, a mild, a mild um, residual effect that I was reading about um, a few weeks ago is people that are, have lost their sense of smell and taste. Yeah, that when their olfactory starts to repair itself, it repairs it um, erroneously. So. Your your nerve, the nerve endings don't like, I guess, um, bond back together um, properly. I don't know if I'm using the right scientific terminology here, but um, things that you thought smelled good or tasted good previously mm-hmm. taste absolutely disgusting and smell like putrid to you. Really? A lot, of people, um, a lot of the people they interviewed said that like the smell of coffee smells like burnt Rubber mm. or like tar. Um, certain certain um, foods smell like you know putrid, like dead carcass to people and stuff. Really, that would that would suck.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's like they talk about how there's some. It's some kind of fruit you can eat. I think it's a fruit or a berry or something. You eat it and then it makes shit taste good. And then also there's that thing where I think it's like a tick where it makes people. Allergic to meat. What? Yeah, there's some tick. I think it's a tick. It's something that bites you. And it makes people allergic to meat. So they don't want meat anymore.
2: Oh, yeah. I've heard about this.
1: So, you know, it is weird that, you know, nature can change your natural course. Or what you, yeah. you know, what you thought was nice at one time. or I don't know. It's It's a weird virus, man. It's it not something. It's not something to play like I, like I said before on here. I think last time we talked, but it's it's something you you can't fear, but you have to respect.
2: Right there was a um, um, place in Missouri where they predominantly, you know, conservative town, predominantly anti-masker community, and there was this thirteen-year-old boy that died on Halloween from COVID complications. And it, like, completely has changed the community's mindset around the virus and masks because it's unheard of to hear of a adolescent.
0: Yeah.
1: Because we always heard that it was old, older people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then when you start hearing about people your age or that's just generally and usually anything, though, like when you hear somebody that's, like, 30 to 40 that passed away, you're like, man, they were so young. Mm-hmm. but you know especially for something that you can't see and it's generally supposed to be deemed for older people um mm-hmm. it is kind of a wake-up call that you should take it a little bit more seriously like like i posted something today it was like about like people comparing the quarantine to prison And they're like this feels bottles are being traded for like you little debbie that. snack cakes or something like around that, I love that. the gist of yeah. it whatever
0: yeah. but it's you
1: know it's just like As long as, and this falls a lot on the government too, but like they need to make it set up where people can comfortably not worry about their livelihood to knock this shit out. Yes. Like if you're not taking care of the people, what do you expect them to do? They're going to have to try to make a means. They're going to be worrying about their bills and all this other shit. Like you can Venmo all of us some fucking money if you really want to, you know, like there's ways that they can get people taken care of financially.
2: Yeah. It wasn't handled properly from the beginning and we could have, we could have, I don't think we, we, obviously we couldn't have prevented it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, totally, but we, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. Um, If the government could have said, okay, here's what we're doing. We're shutting shit down, but everybody's going to be taken care of. No one's going to get evicted. Mortgages are going to be put on pause. Your you know, loans are going to be put on pause, rent's on pause, and we're going to make sure that you have money to get through this.
1: Yeah, because I saw something today. It was like, I guess Canada is 40% of what we have. So say we have a hundred percent. There's forty percent. Mm-hmm. So, and you know it's the same land, right? So, I mean,
2: I think too. And again, I know that this like puts more restrictions on stuff, and people don't like that. But again, remember, this is this is all temporary, and it could be a lot shorter period of time if the right actions were taken from the beginning. Yeah. Um, But I do think that we could have benefited from, um, you know, stay in your own state ordinances. Mm -hmm. And because over the summer, the amount of people road tripping out here to go to wine country was ridiculous. You know, and like I have friend a friend that works at out at a winery, and she was like, it was kind of annoying to have people call, especially when our state was on fire because of the wildfires, mm. to call the winery and be like, so are you guys still going to be open with COVID and the wildfires happening? And she's, yeah. you know, she wanted to be like, fuck you, like, <laughs> why are you traveling here right now? Yeah, do you realize what's going on? Like. Our fucking state is on fire. You can't even breathe outside. Why do you even want to come here? Yeah, like if if they if we would have done a harder lockdown at the beginning, I think that it would have done us some good. And I mean, there's countries that did that, and they're seeing the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. And their case numbers are not nearly as high. And I think people need to remember, you know, it's like, okay, old people are dying you can have the mindset that they're going to die anyways but it's not just about people dying it's about our hospitals being infiltrated and not having this the support the staff support to take care of these people mm-hmm. not to have the supplies and then also other people's non-covid medical conditions being neglected because covid's taken precedence yeah so, like, it goes beyond just your own self and how comfortable you feel putting a fucking mask on your face or not. You know, it, it goes, it's it's so much bigger than that.
1: I think, um I think we're all guilty of it. But, yeah, I think we all just um kind of live in our own world and don't think about the butterfly effects of the shit we do. You know, it's just like. Oh, you know, it doesn't, I'm not going to get sick or I'll be okay. And, you know, and then, you know, I'm guilty. I mean, I've been out of the fucking country. I've been out of, I've been to Florida. I've been to Nashville during all this shit, you know? So it's just like, (laughs) there's only one confirmed in our group and that's Raul. Okay.
2: (laughs) I wonder where he got it.
1: (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) But, uh. I don't know. It's just it I'm just I'm just sad for all the people that cuz my life's been affected, you know, by it, but not to the to the level of some other people. Right. And so, you know, I just hope that we can not have to have other people experience what other people are going through right now with the loss and loss of family, loss of jobs, loss of homes, you know, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, we've we've had um, three staff members at work who have had family members die of COVID so far. Um, uh, one of our nursing directors, her grandma passed. Um, another gal in our billing department, her mom passed. And then our medical director's uh, cousin passed.
1: Yeah, it's just like... I don't know. It's it's something that I don't think any of us ever thought we would experience. And like I said, maybe now if it ever happens again, which I'm sure it will. Oh, it will. But um, we'll be a little bit better prepared for it.
2: Mm. Well, the hard thing is, well, I mean, now we have so much documentation, right, with the internet and stuff. But the yeah. hard thing is... is- when these big these big pandemics come, they're like a hundred years apart. So most people are already dead.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that experienced it. So there's nobody there to tell the tale. Yeah, you know, except for newspaper and you know, any kind of scientific documentation, but documentation. But now, obviously, with the internet, I think if if it does go another hundred years before we have a, a bad one, I mean, we'll probably mm-hmm. you know we've had like swine flu and, and yeah. like that, smaller things, but there'll at least be some people will just start Googling, you know, the last pandemic in 2020, it'll just be a fucking shit show of memes. (laughs) That's how they'll make their decisions. It'll be idiocracy.
1: Oh God. Yeah.
2: You mean, you mean you drink like the water from the toilet bowl?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Well, I'm not going to keep you up. Um, Do you have one more that you want to read?
2: No, I have. Um, I just have our usual. Um, oh, advice
1: for, people. advice for people. Okay.
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: I want to try something too next time. I want to do um, two truths and a lie.
2: Okay, so I have to tell it, uh, or do you ask?
1: No, you have to tell two lies or two truths and one lie, and we have to tell if we can tell if which one's the lie.
2: Oh man.
1: So that's your assignment.
2: Okay, okay I'm writing this down. All right. I actually, when um, when I was at uh, Ole Miss, I did a, a live um, real-world interview on campus.
1: Oh, did you really?
2: Yeah, and that was one of the questions they asked the group I was in was what are, t- tell us two truths and a lie.
1: <laughs> so you should have some experience. So you could have used your being on real world uh as a a truth or a lie. And I would have probably thought that was a lie.
2: Well, I wasn't on it. I
1: didn't no, but I I'm saying you interviewed, like interviewed. I would have thought, nah, she would never interview for that show. Was it real,
2: did, real,
1: I, real I, world or road rules? It,
2: it was real world. I I did, um, I did the live interview. I also sent in a, a tape one year. too.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Which season were you trying to get I, on?
2: I loved the real world. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't even remember what. Oh,
1: okay. What
2: it, yeah, I mean, like, I don't even. I think when I when you audition, I don't think they even tell you what city you're going to be in. I just wanted to be on the show.
1: You're not dramatic enough. They want some people that are going to bring the heat. Like Raul, Raul would do well on that show because he would always oh, aggravate yeah. everybody in the house.
2: I would just i'd i'd play the role of the. Um, of the the annoyed female, I be annoyed at so I'd go in the confessional and just be like, "So let me tell you what this fuckwad did today." See,
1: I always wonder about them. Like when you're talking shit, you've always see, you've obviously seen the show, so you know they're gonna play it back.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand those people.
2: Well, I guess though, when they when it's played, the show's over. Yeah, you know.
1: But I guess maybe it's like this kind of thing, too. It's like sometimes you're just talking and you forget that other people might hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, So maybe that's what it's like that, too.
2: That's when you have to, like, you know, remind. That's like when I remind you, Tony, I'm like, don't talk shit about that person. Don't forget to cut that. (laughs) They might be listening. (laughs) Okay, I got it down for next time. Two truths, a lie. All Um, right.
1: What's your advice for people?
2: Um, My advice for people, I mean, right now, obviously with the holidays and stuff, um, it's a time of of giving, but I think that it's important for you to also take what you need, Mm. um, whether that be strength, confidence, love, patience, um, if you need understanding, self-assurance, mental freedom, forgiveness, peace, peace. Um, whatever it is that you need, take it.
1: I like that. Because, yeah, I think a lot of us, especially like you see people go into debt during this time because they're always, you know, trying to take care of somebody else. They're always, you know, trying to make somebody else happy. And, you know, sometimes giving does make you happy, but sometimes taking does too. And Especially if it's something to better yourself and better you spiritually and mentally. So yeah, I think people should do that more. They should uh, fill their their basket up. Right. You know?
2: Come into this world alone. You leave this world alone.
1: It's very true.
2: Sounds really sad, but I didn't mean it to sound so sad.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's true though. Like, I, I don't think a lot of us a lot of us don't really think about our mortality you know i think i think we forget that you know we are going to die
2: yeah
1: you know and it's just like oh you know i'll do that tomorrow i'll do this you know whenever and Tomorrow's not promised. yeah and that's why i always try to tell you know certain people i'm like stop putting shit off like if you want to do something fucking do it man like I used to always be like, oh, yeah, I'll get my passport on this date or I'll do I'll I'll do this, you know. And it's just like I started bullying myself into doing shit, like buying a ticket before I bought, got my passport or, you know, like not waiting for certain friends to be able to go somewhere with me, you know, because like our schedules are not always going to align. Their goals are not always going to align with mine. So it's more important for me to do what benefits me than to have somebody, you know, tagging along just for some kind of comfort, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, you should definitely um, fill your basket with things that are beneficial for you and stop always giving up yourself to others. I like that one.
2: What's your advice for people
1: today? Uh, I think just to remember that what we have may not be a lot, but it may be more than somebody else has. So just to really not take everything for granted, like – take every moment that you have as something precious because you never know, like you could be walking down the street and get in a horrible accident and then you lose your legs or you lose a body part or, you know, you lose your home, um, lose a family member or a friend, you know, just don't, don't take anything for granted. Like everything that we have is precious all these moments we have, that's the time is something that we can never get back. Most stuff you can generally get back, like, you know, monetary wise or, you know, stuff like that. But
2: Mm.
1: just always, um, just be appreciative.
2: Yeah. I like that. I think that especially, you know, around the holidays with, you know, you you feel like you need to give gift people things, mm-hmm. um, and like last year, for example, I I did some gift some gifts to friends where I I gave them a voucher of like twenty five dollars or whatever it was to they go onto this website and donate money to any charity of their choice. Mm. And that was like their gift. Yeah. Um, like I, you know, I got like my nieces, like small stuff, but, um, I just think it's important to, to while you shouldn't take the things that you have for granted. It, it doesn't necessarily, um, mean that you, you need more.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think if more of us saw how little other people have it definitely should or I would hope it should change your perspective on on things like yeah I mean like I said some of the stuff I've witnessed here recently and it just really really makes me question what's important and yeah. what, what do I continue to want to keep putting up with? And Right. You know, what, what do I think I can do to help other people too? Like that really, like I've always kind of just been a person that wanted to help, like especially less fortunate or homeless people. But when I saw what I saw over there, it, it just really made it more urgent for me to be like, I need to worry about cleaning my side of the street because, you know, like I said, it's not guaranteed that I can do something that's going to change the world, but at least I can change the world of one person. Yeah. You know? And so I think, um, like I said, something I can do is give up my time and give up some resources or money or something to, yeah, you know, to, put my my words to action
2: right well i think it's important that you guys you know are, are doing doing the charity drive that you're doing and i did want to bring up spoiler alert if you haven't listened to the welcome back show and you were talking about feminine products um no it's hard for females to find free feminine products mm. um, even even at the you know health department level um, or like Planned Parenthood, you can get you can get a you know a lunch sack full of condoms, but um, sanitary napkins and tampons are harder to come by. Um, so much of have a story about this. Um, a homeless lady. Um, she hasn't been into our building in a long time, but it was like clockwork. Every month she was coming in. And we used to, we named her the bathroom bandit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, she would run up to the second floor, lock herself into the bathroom, fill her bag full of all of the tampons, pads. Um, FYI, I work at a fertility clinic. So all the tampons, pads, um, like alcohol wipes. She'd even steal the seat covers, really? She'd steal the soap dispenser, the toilet paper. But, um, We would, I mean, we'd have to go up there and escort her out. And one time she said something, we were escorting her out and we said, you know, you have to stop coming in here and stealing our stuff. And she was like, well, you need to tell the city of Portland then to provide the homeless community, the homeless female community with feminine products.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And at that one of our doctors was like, fuck it. I don't care if she comes in here and steals our tampons. It's fine. Whatever. Like, yeah, do it. Cause it just kind of hit home, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that would probably be a really good thing for you guys to do, to do a drive for, um, feminine products. And, you know, it's funny cause insurances will cover the cost of, um, um, Viagra, mm. but they won't cover the cost of tampons. So you can get
1: Viagra off. for free or yeah, at a discounted can, rate.
2: Insurance will cover Viagra. Wow. Not every single insurance will, but there are insurance plans that will cover agri, But you can't; insurance won't cover um, tampons, pads, or whatever diva cups, whatever you want. all um, for you know cramps mm-hmm. and body pain, um, which I think is is insane. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a um, jail in Oregon County, Washington, that just last year they got it passed that they would stop charging commissary money for women to have to get tampons.
1: They don't they're even charging, get it.
2: They're charging tampons in the prisons. Charging Whoa, for
1: tampons in the prisons. I did not that know crazy? that. Yeah. That's sad.
2: Yeah. And you
1: Definitely. know, like I, I've heard too, that like some women have their periods are so bad that they like soak their beds yeah, at night.
2: Debil- and, and, yeah. And debilitating pain. Wow. Some people, um, yeah, I mean, like, you would think that, you know, a, a, like, a Midol would be something that would be covered under your prescription drug plan if you have it. Um, but they don't. You know, that's where, like, the pink tax comes from. Mm. You know?
1: Yeah, the um, women that carry us are the least taken care of.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? You know? That's because we're just incubators. <laughs> just I up. saw
1: something one time, it's like every misogynist came from a woman.
2: Yeah. Isn't that crazy to think? Yeah. They don't 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 respect women enough. There's people out there that don't respect or men out there that don't respect women enough to realize like if it wasn't for this woman you would not fucking be here. Yeah. And she bared the brunt for nine plus months, got the stretch marks of saggy titties and you (laughs) ruined her vagina. Yeah. (laughs) But she's not, she's not a, she doesn't meet the stature of a man.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I I did not know that about the prison. That's so fucking crazy.
2: Isn't that wild? I didn't know that either, but I did, I did read an article that um, I guess, yeah, Oregon County um, prison in Washington recently just passed that um now you can now if you have let's say um like a flex spending account mm-hmm. you can use that towards um feminine products but yeah other than that insurance is completely useless
1: now are pads better than tampons
2: i don't use either
1: because didn't they like say tampons are bad because sometimes I'm the a, chemicals free flower
2: no <laughs> <just
1: kidding. laughs> but they can like give you some type of poison or something
2: what tampon yeah well if you keep them in too long you don't want to keep you want to change those things out
1: and then how many times a day do they have to change them out
2: it mean, depends i guess it
1: like in depends. the beginning of the flow or whatever
2: well everybody's different i mean everybody it just depends it depends on how heavy your flow is um i would i mean i don't i don't wear tampons i use a. I use a diva cup Oh. everybody just so you know Why
1: are the, like, it's, like, I guess we thought it was, like, you know, blood trickling down, but it's, like, a gob of blood.
2: What what do you mean?
1: Like, I guess the initial period? Um,
2: no. It's, like, a clump? It depends on the person.
0: See, I thought it was, like,
1: I thought it It was, like.
2: It can be clumpy.
1: I thought it was more, like, Kool-Aid instead of, like, ketchup. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
2: Um. But I guess the, usually, the Kool-Aid
1: usually, would be worse because it'd be just kind of flowing. At least the gob would.
2: It's, usually it's um, thicker at the beginning and mm. then it, wa- it gets more water down at the end. That's because it's subsiding. Mm. Um, I do, I call the, D- this is gross. <laughs> I call the Diva Cup the uh, blood goblet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, man. Well,
2: Can that, I mean, is that thing
1: comfortable to walk around with?
2: You don't even feel it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's way better. It's it's so much better than tampons, ladies. If you've never used use the Diva Cup, do not be scared. It's the best thing you will ever. Can do. you
1: buy them on Amazon?
2: Yes. You can. I think mine's actually called the Duchess Cup. It's not the Diva Cup. It's the Duchess Cup. You can get the two pack.
1: Yeah, I, that's that's build the a bag thing bag for it. <laughs> that's the thing for next month. Then is to. Um,
2: yeah, I think you guys should do that. That would be that would be great. I think that would be well appreciated in your community.
1: Yeah, I did not know. I didn't make know. Sure, really, make so. sure you
2: yeah do drive for the tampons and pads and um Midal.
1: Might Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'll do. Goal for um. Twenty twenty one. I like it. Got to have goals, man. That's right. And especially if they help other people.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? That's, yeah, that's huge, right? Help If you want to help yourself, help other people.
1: 100%. Especially, like I said, like, you know, the less fortunate that can't afford it. You know, like, I always just heard, like, sometimes women would go and get, like, paper towels and, you know, use those to stop the bleeding.
2: Yep. Damn. Yeah. Well, we think about, too, like back in the day, before they even had tampons, they would ju- they would use like rags. Oh, man. It's hard being a woman.
1: Yeah. You know, like I said, you said, you don't think about something unless it affects you or you hear somebody else talk about it. Mm-hmm. So... Hopefully, there's somebody listening to this and they'll be like, Man, I never thought about that. Because, you know, that's generally how I learn about something. Somebody will mention something. I'm like, You know, I'm just living my life. It's like living in that bubble, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Free your mind <laughs> and the rest will follow. Man. We should have entered with that song. <laughs> next time. Oh.
1: Uh, but yeah. Um, remember, next time. Two truths and a right. lie.
2: Two truths and lie. are you? Play, are you playing this game too? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll I'll do it too.
2: Okay,
0: I'll think of well, something.
2: Roll, if you're listening, <laughs> you can't come. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're kicking you out of Montgomery's moment. I mean, no, we, won't. we won't. It's
1: it's just that. like he's here because he probably wouldn't have said anything anyways.
0: <gasps>
2: That's not true. <laughs> Role,
1: he would have mispronounced come. some words. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, Raul is going to come back. He's going to tell us two truths and a lie, and he's going to have some definitions for us, <laughs> some enunciations.
1: All right, well, I appreciate okay.
2: it. Yeah, me too. It was good. All right. I was glad we figured out the technical difference. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: All right, love you lots.
2: Love you lots. Have a good night. All right, Bye. Bye.